Hey everybody, uh, Jessica back here and I have Amanda Decker, who is uh, my friend and she practices in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, right? Nashville. Dixon, so I'm about an hour west of Nashville, yeah. Hour west of Nashville. Today we're going to talk about staying on track with uh, your keto wellness plan. I always like to say wellness plan because it's a long-term plan, not just a diet. Keto is long-term. And uh, we're going to talk about staying on track during the holiday season. So during Thanksgiving, Christmas, we may even touch on, you know, birthdays and um, certain holidays such as that. So I'm super excited to talk about this. Such an important topic. <laughs> Eating healthy, living healthy, being healthy. This is the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast. A podcast focused on holistic wellness and teaching you about incorporating the keto diet and lifestyle changes to achieve an energetic balance. Teaching you how to live now so you don't struggle to live later. And now, your host, Jessica Ankaya. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm doing quite well. Awesome. So uh, let's get started with you and, and what, what are your thoughts about um, your patients and telling them to stay on track during the holidays and kind of elaborate a little bit on that, on what your thoughts are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a conversation that I usually start with my patients starting in September and it keeps going on because I see my patients about every four to six weeks and I bring up, I was like, all right, are you nervous about the holidays? Are you nervous about staying on track? What's that going to look like for you? Um, and the dreaded answer I get is that, well, I'm just going to enjoy that day and keep going and not even think about it. It's like, no, it's better to have a plan. I don't want you to go into the holidays and just not have an idea about what you're going to do. Because if you don't have a plan, that is just asking to not stay on track, to get off track. And then before you know it, you're in February and you've gained 15 pounds back and we're going in the total wrong direction. So we need to kind of have a targeted approach of how we're going to address holidays. And so that's step one. I'm like, even if your plan is to enjoy one meal and be a little bit off, we need to be very specific about that plan for sure. Um, we're not just going to kind of go buck wild and crazy and decide to get back on track the next day. And I think there's tons of different ways that you can take it. Um, and everybody kind of has to find their own way, their own journey and where they're at in their journey. You know, one of the things that I warn about is if you decide to just go crazy and say, all right, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have all my traditional foods. We need to be prepared for immediate hunger return and immediate struggle with trying to control that appetite drive. So enjoying some maybe, but going just, in, I'm going to eat whatever I want to is not really the best interest for the patient there. Um, so that's kind of where I start that conversation. And then we get into more of, you know, it's okay to be your own self-advocate. You know, your family is going to start pushing food in front of you and saying, oh, I made your favorite this, or this is grandma's this, or, you know, we've always had this and you should eat it. And it's okay to say, I'm not going to do that right now. It doesn't serve me. And, you know, we go through those conversations. So which way do you want to start? Do you want to go more about the self-advocacy route or go more about the tips and tricks on how you can navigate and specifically stay on track on those specific dates? Which way do you want to go first with it? Um, let's talk about tips and tricks first. Okay. Like what are, what are certain tips, um, that you give to your patients? Yeah. And, um, 
I'm, I'm interested to see because I'm wondering if they're what I've given to in the past. <laughs> yeah, and they may, may very well be. All right, so one place I start is um, about meal timing. So if you know you're going to have like a large Thanksgiving lunch or Christmas lunch or something that's in midday, then we might talk about fasting before and we might talk about fasting after and just doing one meal that day. So you do have a little bit more wiggle room with your diet. Um, but for some people, if they go into that meal hungry, they're going to really overeat. So they might do better doing some sort of a whole food shake or just a little bit of eggs or something before that meal so they don't go in ravenously hungry. So that's kind of the first tip and trick that I'm like, know yourself. Are you someone who needs to eat a little bit before so you're not overly hungry? Or do you need to fast on either way of that meal so that you're kind of cleansing the body before and prepping and giving yourself a little bit more wiggle room. Um, when people are first new in their low carb therapeutic journey, sometimes I recommend that we eat like a toddler. So what I mean by that is you load up your plate and you eat all your protein first. You fill that belly with the protein and then you go with whatever non-starchy veggie is next and you fill your belly with that. And then if you're still hungry, pick your favorite starch that's out there and have a very small little portion. So that way you do feel like you're still kind of participating in your family events. And I always recommend that my patients bring their low carb dessert with them, something that's going to keep them on track so they can not feel guilty about having that big piece of my favorite one's a pumpkin cheesecake. And so don't feel guilty about having that pumpkin cheesecake because it's a low carb version and you're participating with your family. And I guarantee your family is probably not going to know it's low carb and they're going to eat it right along there with you too. So you're really minimizing that carbohydrate type thing there. So is that kind of some of the, some, some of the stuff you tell your patients too? Um, Sounds very similar. And the definitely the, the low carb dessert, you, you have to have a plan. And if you have that action plan before and you, you forethink it, then it's like, okay, you know, this is exactly what I'm going to do. I think a plan is yeah. very, very good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 So in, in the next step, say somebody who's been doing low carb for a little bit and feels a little bit more comfortable with it. All right. You can remake your entire traditional meals, low carb, like, and so I've done that with my family for the past three, maybe years. So we have, you know, the traditional turkey and gravy and dressing or stuffing, whichever way you want to call it and cranberries and a fake sweet potato casserole and all these things that I've remade in low carb versions. Um, and so take it and mix it up a little bit. Don't be afraid to try something different, but still be traditional. And then again, who says you have to go the traditional route? You don't need turkey and dressing and stuffing and things like that. Maybe you have steak for Thanksgiving and that's okay. <laughs> exactly. You don't, I mean, why do we have to do what everyone else is doing? Yeah. Why do we, have to, we, you know, it's like kind of pave your own way and, and get creative yeah. with it. And so, and that's what I've always you know, told people and um, yeah, it's so important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, does it, do you notice that it takes people once they've gotten off track, like say for Thanksgiving, how long do you, have you noticed that it takes people to get back on track? Yeah. Yeah. It's very, I think the hunger pains yeah. you know, when you are immediate because you're, you know, raising the insulin back up. Or right. sugar. Correct. Yeah. So everybody's different, of course, but in general, when I see that people just go completely off track on say Thanksgiving, they're not getting back on track until well after the first of the year because that hunger and that thing kicks up and then it becomes free for all season for everybody to bring treats and everything. And you've got all these visual cues to eat and drink things that are off track. 
And it's not a matter of willpower. It's just a matter of that part of the brain getting activated again, saying, oh my gosh, this looks good. And it's going to make me feel good. And I'm going to eat it. And then the insulin's high and it's, in, it's suppressing your um, leptin and your ghrelin's going out of control, which are those hunger hormones that kind of keep everything in. So often I see when people just decide to go whatever, I'm going to eat whatever I want to do, whatever I want to, it's well after the first of the year before they're able to say, all right, I got to get back on track again because December's just gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you get off track, you know, especially with people that struggle with food addictions, um, and I saw you recently tweeted about that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons yeah. that people get off track is the food addictions. And you got to think when you do and, and you get back into like Thanksgiving and some of these desserts and the higher carb meals, that's going to trigger that food addiction as well. It's just like a cast, a domino effect, like a cascade of yeah. effects. And it's like, whoa, put the brakes Absolutely. on. Absolutely. You know, when it comes to addiction. We never tell an alcoholic, you can have a beer on occasion, or you can have a drink on occasion, but someone who's addicted to processed foods and sugars, because it's food and we think food is good for us and natural when we have to have it, it's okay to keep those things in there, but it works the same way. The chemistry is the same in the brain. So if you have such that draw to sugar, the same way an alcoholic has a draw to alcohol, that may be something that you can never include again, because it's just going to lead you down that rabbit hole of, you know, addiction and being back to where you were step, step one when you got rid of it. That's right. Yeah. And that's what I've always explained to my patients too. It's like food addiction is just like an alcoholic addiction or drug addiction. I mean, it's the same thing and you have to kick it. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to identify the underlying cause of where's this food addiction coming from? I mean, is there an issue, you know, um, is there a depression issue, self-doubts and yeah. a know. trauma in the past, you know, you uh, know, some sort of abuse or neglect or something in the past that triggered that, you know, yeah, things that lead there, but you have to abstain from it. Just like an alcoholic has to abstain from alcohol because you can't moderate it. There's no, mod there's not an ability to moderate when food addiction is set in. Set in. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Uh, yeah, I agree. So um, what kind of plan do you give do you kind of give your patients a plan prior to uh, the holidays? Do you include that with your nutritional plan in your practice? Well, I don't necessarily have a written plan. We kind of start with what is their plan for family gets to get, to get together. You know, are, is it going to be their small family? Is it going to be a big family? What's that going to look like? And then we talk through different ways that they can navigate it and let them pick their own direction because they have to own their plan. If you don't own it, you know, it's my plan and my plan doesn't necessarily work for everybody else. It kind of has to be there. So if it's a small little family event, maybe you do change up and do Thanksgiving different and you do steak and asparagus instead of the big, you know, Thanksgiving meal. If it's a large family gathering, maybe you have to make sure you bring your safe foods and then you know that you can stick with safe foods and always have something in your hand, like a glass of ice water so that your hands are not empty and you can constantly be sipping on things, just little tricks and ideas of that nature, but definitely going into it with, this is how I'm going to navigate this situation. These are the things that I'm going to bring to support me. And here's what tomorrow is going to look like and have a very clear picture of that. Exactly. Because the thing is, is that there's always going to be a moment to splurge, even with the, besides the holiday days, like we were talking about before birthdays, uh, family get togethers. And so yeah, I mean, now's the best time to start. I mean, or, or to stay on it. I mean, you know, so it's, I, I agree. You have to have 
<laughs> you got to figure it out. There's always going to be an excuse to go off track. I mean, no matter what month it is, what season it is, there's always going to be an excuse to get off track. But um, I like to explain it to my patients like this. Your, your weight, your diabetes, your stomach upset, your whatever it is, it doesn't take a holiday. It's still there. And every time we put an insult to it is a time for it to get worse. So we have to figure out how to navigate our holidays and our birthdays and our whatever if you're going to be successful long term. Yeah. 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 And, and it's in some of the things like you were mentioning um, on, on Twitter, like overcoming the self-doubt and the food yes. decision. And what was the third one? There was another one, too, that you would. Oh, let's see. Oh, family support. You know, that kind of goes into one of the things we mentioned earlier is the families. Sometimes your family is your worst saboteur. They want to constantly give you the things that are not good for you or they're not on your plan. Or, you know, here's grandma's coconut cake type thing. You need to eat it because I made it for you special. And oftentimes that comes from your family's insecurities because they're seeing you make changes and you are changing and they don't necessarily want you to change. They want you to be successful, but deep down, they don't necessarily want you to change those. They're comfortable in the things the way, the way things have always been. So sometimes their actions are more about their emotions than even trying to do things for you in the family. So um, definitely being your own advocate and saying, yes, I used to love those things. And those things that used to be something we enjoy, but I don't enjoy them anymore because I'm taking my health a different direction and realizing that your family time shouldn't necessarily be about the food, the family time and the times we spend together with our friends is about the community. It's about the memories that we make. It's the games that we play and the stories that we tell. And it doesn't have to be about what we put in our mouths. That's just an added benefit. Um, and we can remember grandma's coconut cake and maybe salivate over it a little bit, <laughs> but we don't necessarily have to keep Take it in when we learn that that food no longer serves us in our journey. Right. And if grandma offers you a piece, oh, okay, thank you. I'll take it home and then don't eat it. Just, you yeah. know, just, yeah. I, I think of one of my blog posts, I'm like, if you offered a piece of cake, just take it home or either throw it in the trash or, you know, yeah. like really, if you eat it, it's trashing your body. So what difference yes. does it make? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Be a good recipient, but it's like, thank you. Yeah. You know, if you're really worried about hurting someone's feelings, but right. you know, it's just like, you gotta, you gotta look out for yourself. And like you said, the bottom line is just to tell your family, it's like, okay, you know what? I'm sorry. This is nothing against you, but please support me in this. Cause I really yeah. very hard to get to this point. It is. It is. Yeah. You know, and in my own journey, when I first started going low carb and cutting out grains and things like that, my diet to control autoimmune conditions, um, my family, you know, still tried to make those treats and things. And I said, no, and no, and no. And then a couple of years later, what I found is my family starts joining me on this journey. You know, they start making treats and things that are different and say, oh, well, I did this and now I've lost 10 pounds and I'm feeling good too. And it's like, okay, so maybe think of it as being firm for your own health might eventually help your family with their health too, because you're living by example and they're going to see those changes in your life. It may just take them a little time to get there with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's true. It's, it's people do lead by example and just be that one to make that in, the initiative. Yeah. So I know all of my family, um, it's funny, I live in North Carolina, all my family lives in Florida. So it's like, it, it's easy to, to stay on track most of the time. Of course, you know, yeah. I, I try to be mostly, we, we all have our days, but I try to stay on track, but it's like, when you have family out of town, it's, it makes it easier, but the majority of us don't have that option. You know, they don't have that benefit. And so it just takes, I got to imagine it takes, it takes a lot of willpower. 
done. Yeah, for sure. So let's flip this back around to you. So when you go out of town to Florida with your family, what does that get together look like? I know. Well, um, yeah, so I, I, I do the best I can to stay on track, you know, yeah. and, um, it is a large family gathering or small little individual ones, or what does that food situation look like for you? Yeah. Sometimes you're walking into it's small individual ones, you okay. know, we have them. Well, they're basically in central Florida, but what I do is I do somewhat like, like what you were suggesting, you know, I try to fill up on, and, and I'm a ketotarian. So I do, you know, I do like, um, I don't really do a lot of, uh, I, I do mostly, I can't eat eggs cause I'm allergic, but I'll do fish sometimes. And, um, so I try to do my protein and mm-hmm. there is protein or I'll do like a lot of vegetable, like low carb vegetables. And I'll yeah. try to load my plate with that on. And I, I do my best to avoid, you know, the <laughs> <laughs> and then if I want, if I really want some kind of dessert, I think of a, like a keto cheesecake. Yeah. Of course, most of the time you have to make them because they're not always readily available unless you're yeah. like in a town where you have like a specialty keto bakery. Yeah. Like, I used to have one of those here in my, where I live now. Unfortunately, uh-huh. she, she shut down because we're not a huge city and yeah. she was moving to a bigger city in North Carolina, but, um, yeah, just something, I, I just find something low carb or even you can go to Publix and, or well, they have Publix down there or whatever grocery store you have, yeah. go into the freezer section and get you like a little keto ice cream treat or something yeah. like that. Take it yeah. with you, you know, sometimes yeah. I've, I've done that at family gatherings, you know, I'm like, you know, people are, you know, sometimes laugh, but it's okay. You know, it's like, yeah. I'd rather feel good than suffer from, you know, food, food. Exactly. Well, and if you've been using this dietary strategy to treat uh, your diabetes or your IBS or your fibromyalgia or your uh, whatever auto other autoimmune disease that's out there, that one meal can immediately bring back all of your symptoms. You may leave that meal feeling bloated and achy. You may break out in rashes. I mean, it's a it's you have to think of it like your medicine. It's your therapy. It's your treatment. And when you go off of it, you no longer have that therapy or treatment that's there. So. I mean, one meal can be a big deal. And it sounds like you have done that by just, I'm bringing my own food. I'm still celebrating with my family. I'm still there. I'm still participating, but this is what I'm eating. You eat what you eat kind of thing. I eat what I eat. I mean, I just, I do, you know, people just like, okay, well you, you eat low carb. Yeah. And I've eaten that way for, I don't know, almost uh, seven, eight years now. Yeah. Um, so actually longer. Cause I started, my daughter is about to be 13. So maybe 13. I, in, I originally started with Atkins. Yeah. <laughs> that got me hooked. And then I did paleo for a little bit, uh, for a little bit. And now I'm like, like keto, like a keto mm-hmm. I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of low carb vegetables and um, that kind of thing. And, you know, and, and sometimes occasionally fish and that kind of thing. Of course, I wish I could do eggs, but I'm allergic, unfortunately. <laughs> No, that may be another way to approach going into a family meal. Oh, I have a sensitivity to these foods now, so I can't eat those. I just have to steer more towards these. And so then it becomes not so much about a personal choice or just kind of what you want. I really have a sensitivity to those. I can't eat those anymore. It's okay to say you have a sensitivity to carbs. It's fine. (laughs) And and that's what I do sometimes. I'm like, that just, that's just not going to make me feel good. And so, or, or that has eggs in it. And that's the best because a lot of things are, (laughs) I can't eat it. There's eggs in there. You know, I always always think of some kind of, you know, something. And then I'm always happy that I do because 
it's like, I, you just, you just feel better and you, and, yeah. and, and I've dealt with my own, you know, irritable bowel syndrome is my biggest um, health issue that I've had in the past. And I've found that being low carb keto has been yeah. best thing for that. And, and since yeah. I've been doing that, I've, haven't had a flare-up and I don't even I can't even remember the last flare-up honestly yeah. So yeah you gotta put your health your health priorities first and then just everything will kind of fall into place and you make decisions based on that health priority yeah. like if you said like being a diabetic or fibromyalgia whatnot yeah for sure so, so what are your what do you like to do for the holidays what do you what, what do you usually do yeah so it's gotten a whole lot easier now that the majority of my family is kind of gotten onto my eating plan, I guess I would say. Um, but we do Thanksgiving at my house. My parents and my in-laws both come over and we do, we do the full traditional Thanksgiving meal, but we have recreated it in low carb ways. Um, so we have a low carb dressing that is made out of coconut flour. I do a fake sweet potato casserole that's made out of pumpkin, which has less carbohydrates than a sweet potato does. Um, Let's see, we do a green bean casserole that is kind of low carb and a squash casserole that's low carb. And I make a pumpkin cheesecake that has swerve as the sweetener and doesn't have a, a crust to it. So it, when it look, you look at it, it looks like a traditional Thanksgiving meal that's out there. Right. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty yummy. So yeah, we, yeah. now Christmas is a little bit different because um, I have a bigger family gathering. So all of my siblings and their children and my uncle, and it, it's a bigger type thing. And we usually do a lunch and it's kind of an added dish. You know, my parents kind of create the meat. We all add a dish and that one, um, the people who want to eat carbs, they bring their carbs for their added dish. And I might bring Brussels sprouts or asparagus or something a little bit different to go with the meat. And I once again, make the cheesecake because that just seems to be a crowd pleaser. So two different holidays celebrated two different ways kind of thing. I'm glad you mentioned Brussels sprouts because I do like a, I should put the recipe on my blog, but I do like a Brussels mm. sprout casserole with cheese mm. and like heavy whipping cream and it's low carb. Ooh, sounds yummy. I should put that on, I should put that on my, my website, but yeah, that's, that's one thing I do enjoy about. I do, I do that. Yeah. Um, one of the dishes that I make during the holidays. So yeah, it's probably something everybody in your family enjoys, but you know that you have that safe food there for you to eat. Right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. And so, you know, there's different ways, there's different ways to modify it and you just have to be creative with it. That's what I tell people, you know, that's what, you know, my patients, audience, whoever, it's like, just be creative with the holidays. With yeah. 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 Do it. yeah. So if a patient decides that they are just going to eat the regular foods, they're going to do the regular things. And I'm trying to coach them towards getting right back on track with the meal, the very next meal. The number one thing I recommend is don't take the food home and send the food home with other people or trash the leftovers. And I know that sounds bad, especially if you're in the South telling people to throw away some food, but if it doesn't serve you, throw it away because, you know, all right, you might could get away with that one meal and you can struggle to get your hunger back on track. But if that meal is sitting there in your fridge and staring you in the face for the next four days, you're going to eat it again. So get rid of the food if you decide that you are going to kind of go off track and have an off meal because it's going to pull you out of place. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I tell people to trash the cake from a yeah. party or whatever. Oh yeah, I'll take yeah. it. You're worried about hurting someone's feelings. It's because it, it's take it hard and trash it kind of thing. It's trash to your body. You're just, you know, putting it where it belongs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like I don't belong in my body. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, for sure. sure. I like sure. that because it, it seems like, yeah, after Thanksgiving, you know, you just want to keep going back and, oh, I got that stuff in here in the, in the refrigerator and, or, you know, yeah. and it just, you keep adding insult to injury and it's like, no, just stop the cascade right there. Just, yeah. put it, you know, and get back on track, go back to get back into ketosis the next day. I mean, you're going to, I'm sure people, you know, the biggest thing you probably deal with is hunger that mm -hmm. you know, right after. So what tips do you have for hunger, like after they've splurged like that and getting back into ketosis, dealing with all that, like what kind yeah, of- Yeah, yeah. So typically I recommend if they have gotten out and their hunger's out of control, that they take at least three, maybe four days and highly focus on protein, like really load up on your protein, look at your good, healthy fats to cook your protein in, like your olive oil or your avocado oil, and try to maybe take a couple days and go completely carb-free, just mm -hmm. completely withdraw from insulin, get back down to kind of a baseline. So that's kind of the first thing that I recommend that they do. Yeah, I like I like that. That's that's definitely a, a good solution because <laughs> yeah. I I could see that that would be a big struggle, especially at first for people. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, so this this is these this is great. Um, what other advice do you have? Any other advice that you have? Yeah, so yeah, I was just thinking we were talking about you know food addiction and alcohol and whatnot, but alcohol is also something that a lot of people celebrate with on either holidays, birthdays, anniversaries, whatever. It seems to be something that it, it focuses around. And so, you know, the main thing I want my patients to understand about that is alcohol can't be stored in our body. We have to burn it as fuel, and it takes priority over all of our other fuels when we take it in. So if you drink alcohol, you're more likely going to be storing everything else that you eat at that time as fat on your body because you have to burn the alcohol. So if they choose to drink alcohol to celebrate an event, I ask them to use either a dry red wine to try to keep the alcohol, you know, kind of at a certain percentage and the sugar a certain percentage or a dry spirit that's clear and keep it to a minimum and also try to separate the time when you're drinking and eating. Don't necessarily mesh them together because you're going to be storing more body fat during that time, but definitely keep the alcohol to a minimum is something I recommend during celebration times. It may make me stick in the mud a little bit, but it's just how the body works and you can't change that. Yeah. How about like scotch? Scotch is okay. Like scotch and yeah. So, you know, it's a, right yeah but it's still it takes priority over your other calories and over other things you have to metabolize it first so you still want to limit how much you're drinking how often you're drinking and what you're eating around that same time yeah yeah avoid the cocktails the you know yeah, the sugary stuff like the mixed drinks and things i used to love margaritas they didn't love me back though <laughs> <laughs> me too me too i used to love them and 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 it, it's like okay no no i don't like your i don't like you that's <laughs> Didn't love, didn't love me back the same way so i had to give them up <laughs> yeah 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 it's, yeah it's that's you're right that's another big thing is is the alcohol during during the holidays yeah it's definitely a good point to make with people yeah i i it's i've done my best to try to avoid any of the wine or you know because any especially with the sugar it's like i find that it gives yeah. me headaches and you know but a lot of people struggle because you know you've got the family oh here you go just yeah have a little bit of just keep yeah. it for you and <laughs> keep going mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so the other tip that we talk about is sleep 
because sometimes we're visiting family or we're visiting friends and we're staying up longer hours than we normally would trying to get all that time in that we can. But when we don't give our body adequate sleep, it causes a rush of stress hormones and makes us hungrier. And so if you don't still give yourself at least that seven or eight hours of sleep, you are going to notice that you're more hungry, you're more munchy, you're eating more. So you're going to actually have better quality time with your family if you go ahead and sleep and be rested and then get up and see them kind of thing. So still keep your sleep schedule on track. Even during the holidays, don't change it just because it's holiday time and you're not going to work or whatnot. Yeah, because you got to think those leptin and ghrelin hormones go crazy when, when you're not mm -hmm. sleeping. And I, I know that's, that's, and then people will, you'll want to eat more and you'll want to eat bad carbs and you won't want to yeah. yeah and not to mention is you're already in your i call it fat burning or fat storing mode when you're not sleeping you're already in fat storing mode because you've created a cortisol response and then that cortisol is producing glucose so it can run away from a lion but you're not running away from lion you're sitting across from aunt whoever drinking coffee and eating cake or whatnot <laughs> and so <laughs> Since you're not running away from lion and cortisol's made your liver make glucose, all of a sudden you make insulin to cover that glucose that your liver made. And so you're already in fat storing mode before you even eat or drink anything. And then when you do eat or drink, you're storing body fat from that moment on. So, you know, sleep is important. Yeah. Yeah. I always recommend I, I, at least what, seven, seven hours is what yeah, I'm trying to aim for that at minimum, but some people require a whole lot more. I mean, there are definitely people that require closer to that nine to 10 hours. Sometimes. I know it just depends on what, what your body and you have to listen to your body, yeah. how you respond when you don't get enough sleep. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a huge one. And, and it seems like, you know, especially if you're traveling or you're going to different people's houses mm -hmm. and I know I'm going to be traveling here soon. And I'm like thinking, Oh my goodness, please let me sleep. <laughs> but yeah. you just gotta make sure, you know, tell your family's like, okay, well, if it's too much, no, I got, I've got to make time for sleep. This, this is, you have to put, that's another thing you have to put on as a priority. Yeah. And I think people need to prioritize that. And it, it's hard. It's hard sometimes when you do. Yeah, sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah. So, so what are any, any other limitations that, that you see that would prevent anybody from getting to where they need to be during the holidays? You know, my big things that I talk about at every visit are the nutrition, exercise, sleep, and stress. Um, and so real quick, so exercise, I do encourage after you've had your Thanksgiving or big meal or celebratory meal, just go for a stroll, go for a walk, give your body time to feel that fullness and start kind of digesting things and get your metabolism back up, that kind of thing. So just go for a quick walk. You don't have to do a beach body routine on Thanksgiving or Christmas, but <laughs> at least move. Don't sit on the couch the whole time. Um, yeah. Then when it comes to stress, while we hope that all of our family interactions are positive and wonderful and warm and whatnot, sometimes getting around extended family and family you don't see all the time can be stressful. You know, those you have conversations that are uncomfortable or you get different attitudes and that clash with each other and you're just there because you're family kind of thing. So going into the holidays with the right mindset, being positive, being having a good outlook about things, reminding yourself that this is for a short time and it's going to be over. And if you do find yourself in one of those conversations and you feel your stress level and anxiety going up, it's okay to step away and go for a little walk and come back and visit or find a different activity other than the conversation that you're talking about. So kind of being in control of your environment, not letting your environment control you. That's right. And yeah, it's, it all comes to grounding. Like when you're, you know, just 
do whatever you can to ground. Like, like you said, take a walk outside, a stroll or meditate or just, yeah, just, I mean, just that, those are like the best things to ground yourself. Don't resort to going to the cake or the, I don't know, the fantastic. The wine. The wine. I'll just drink some more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's important to, I think a lot of that too, you know, when you're talking about planning, that comes, that should be part of your plan is planning. Exactly. If aunt so-and-so pisses me off with her comment, I'm going to go outside, I'm going to take 10 and meditate or stroll or, you know, whatever, you know, and that's important because it's, it's, it can get to you. I know it's gotten to me before with family, the different comments. It's like, really? Do you have a filter? Yeah. <laughs> filter Some me? don't, especially it seems like after a certain age, those filters just go away. They're, they're, <laughs> their give a crap went away. So. <laughs> so true though. It is. It is. It is. It, it is. Um, so, well, that's, well, that's great. So, um, that's my main thing is when you're creating think about your nutrition, your exercise, your stress and your sleep and just decide before you get to that situation, this is how I'm going to navigate it and then work the plan. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So, yeah. Um, and so when it comes to like fasting, have you seen that afterwards you tell people to, do, do you think like a 24 hour fast would help after that meal or have you have you told people to do that before yeah. could it help most definitely i think if you come off of a carb loaded meal and try to do a 24 hour fast it's going to be very Hard. difficult to yeah. do that so maybe even just getting in a 12 hour fast might be a way to a reset um, or come off of that bigger meal focus on your protein and your healthy fats for a meal or two and then consider a 24 hour fast and when i do a 24 hour fast i try to i eat dinner and then i wait until dinner the next night to eat so i haven't went a complete calendar day without eating and it's kind of it helps me to get through that 24 hours a little bit better so that's generally how i coach people to do it if they are in a place where they're ready to fast because not everybody not everybody's there where they can do a 24 hour fast. It's definitely um, something you have to work yourself into. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like what I do. Like if, if, if I've eaten a lot of, if I've done something like that, like accidentally mm-hmm. in cards, which I try not to do a ton in one day, cause then I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, but if, if someone did go off the railroad tracks, like the next day, maybe just eat like a few avocados or like you're saying, eat protein, like the, you know, like Turkey or whatever, just that, that was good. I like that fried mm-hmm. avocado oil just do very low carb. And then you could probably get into a fast after that yeah, kind of remedy, sure. to help remedy yourself, get you be- yourself back into a good ketosis. And then, yeah. yeah. And then the ketosis should take over and, you know, kill the hunger back. So, you know, if they can fast, fasting is the quickest way to get into ketosis and to drive those ketone levels up. So yeah. especially if, there's, if you're struggling with hunger and you feel strong enough to do a fast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully people will try to, you know, not splurge and so they don't feel terrible. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so this this has been great that we're we're talking about this. So people have yeah. some guidance as to what they need to do. So for the holidays, that's big time helpful. Yeah. So, awesome. Any questions for me or I, I've mm. covered some 
Great. Well, so you're going to be traveling, which is something I don't necessarily do over the holidays. So what about that drive time oh, um, and making yeah. sure that you're prepped for that drive time and are not reaching for the tips and things like that? <laughs> yes, that's a great question. <laughs> and I, in fact, I was just thinking about that today. I was like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm prepared for tomorrow. So um, what I like to do is um, I'll take a few avocados and sometimes I'll just, what I'll do is right before I eat them, I'll, you know, cut them. I'll put a little salt mm -hmm. on them. I also like to take now the thing with nuts, you have to be careful because if you eat too many, the carbs add up really fast, but yeah. I'll, I'll just do, maybe I'll try to stick to like a quarter, quarter of a cup of like maybe Brazil nuts, mm -hmm. you know, not that it's very low carb or even like a pecans or, or something, walnuts, of course, I don't put walnuts around a whole lot because my son's allergic, but something that's lower carb, just in case I need that kind of fat. Mm -hmm. I also like to cut up cucumbers mm -hmm. and I put salt on them. I like to cut up peppers. You know, I just try to stick to that. Um, another good thing that, you know, um, mm -hmm. you can take cheese, like cheese sticks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you could even take you know, different stuff. Like if you're in, if you're, you know, I'm, of course I've been doing ketotarian, but people, not everyone does that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you can even take slices of deli meat, put them in a cooler, mm -hmm. um, you know, pork rinds. A lot of my patients really love pork rinds. So it gives them that, that crunch kind of thing. Say that pork rinds. Um, there, there's just different way, there are different things like that, that you can do for the road. Um, especially the pork rinds are good, especially if you want the chip, like, yeah, if you're craving yeah. chips, that's when the pork rinds come into effect. Yeah. Um, so I just do the best I can. It's not always easy. I, I do the best I can, but you're right. The road is when it gets complicated because yeah. you just want to grab everything. Anything. Yeah, you get bored. <laughs> you get bored. <laughs> then you yeah. got bored eating. <laughs> you can only have so many conversations with your significant other. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Just give me that. <laughs> really care you know but yeah. yeah I um I also will um if I'm not driving of course <laughs> I'll put on like meditation on, on my, my phone and I'll listen to it I'll listen to anything from like um like a like a hypnosis there's like a weight loss hypnosis um, mm -hmm. people that I follow on Michael Seeley one of them was Michael Seeley and there's there's a few others that I follow on YouTube so I'll put that on Mm -hmm. as you like positive affirmations yeah. you can do this you can um eat light you can <laughs> yeah. you know i'll just like doze off and the and, and it, it's great because it's like okay it, it helps empower me just those affirmations so i'll do stuff like that mm -hmm. um i'll read I, I just try to do whatever i can to get my mind off off of being bored but you're right it is more difficult in the car and you just yeah you just do the best you can. I mean, I, I do, but it, it's important to, to, to not get off the railroad tracks because especially when you're driving in the car, you're not moving around. It's like when you're done driving, if you eat a bunch, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so bloated. Look yeah. at the legs. They're like all this salt. Like all this. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't get that, but especially if prone to retention, you know, like water retention, you know, you've got some kind of heart condition or whatnot. So yeah, it's, challenging but you can do it <laughs> you can you can I, I like those tips just making sure you keep your hands busy and if your mouth has to be busy filling it with things that can keep you on track and I love the veggie idea because they don't necessarily even have to have a cooler depending on your drive I mean sliced up cucumbers and peppers and stuff like that they're going to be good for six to eight hours in a baggie 
just fine. Yeah, that's what I love to do. And I'll put like, um, I even put like nutritional yeast. It's like, it has a little bit of protein, it's low carb and it kind of like a, gives it a good taste. I'll just season them, you know, and I make it interesting. I, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll eat a few carrots, but carrots, you got to watch out because the carbs, you know, I eat too many of them, but I try to stick to low carb veggies and, and just be creative with it. And it, and it, it, it does help. It does help. I mean, you do get, I ain't going to lie. You do get that salt craving, that chip craving in the road. But um, I think being prepared and, and being in ketosis before you're on the road is essential. To, yeah. If you for sure. being compliant with things, um, you know, being in ketosis, because then you won't be as hungry too. Sure. So, yeah. 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 So maybe getting a good night's sleep before you get on the road. <laughs> I know, which I don't know how much that Good luck happens. with that. <laughs> my husband always likes to leave at like four in the morning. So <laughs> morning. So it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know about that. Uh, maybe he can drive and you can sleep. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm like, okay, well, we'll leave at four, but you start the drive so I can catch up on a little bit of rest and then I'll be yeah. You know, I'll be good, and I'll, yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> good tips. Good tips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, well, I don't know. I think we're we've talked about a lot of things. This is going to be great. So, and um, if anybody has anything, any questions, feel free to post in the comments, and um, you know, be happy to answer. And um, you can follow Amanda. She's on Twitter. And you're yeah. on Quick, right? Which yeah, so both of you can find me at, at Decker Less Carbs. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so give her a follow. And um, I'm also I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. Um, so you can follow me or you can find me on my blog, listicutogoddess.com. And this has been awesome. I look forward to uh, doing this again, Amanda. Yeah, take care. Thanks. <laughs> you too. This has been the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya. Follow the Holistic Keto Goddess on social media like Pinterest, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have any questions about today's show or how you can live a healthier life, visit HolisticKetoGoddess.com and go more in-depth with blogs and healthy living resources. Like, share, subscribe, and listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Keto 